Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Strings and Stories podcast. Uh, today I have with me a very special guest. He's a third year sociology student from St. Xavier's College. And uh, he's here to discuss the topic of censorship, reflecting on the TikTok and the other 59 apps that got banned recently due to the uh, geopolitical tensions that occurred between India and China. So, Sean, I'd like to start by asking you a question, uh, which is, what do you think of TikTok as a content creation platform? Yes, Manu. So I personally feel that uh, TikTok as a content creation platform had a great impact in our society. Hmm. So uh, I feel like uh, this app has actually united the people, irrespective of their uh, diverse background. Right. So uh, if you want to be a YouTuber, you need a good high quality gadget. And you need to spend. So if you want to make a video on TikTok, you don't need any of these things. All you need is a smartphone and internet connection. Yeah. So I feel like this has helped in many of the people in realizing their talents. And I feel like a large number of people have come up in the online spaces. But at the same time, uh, what we notice is that uh, uh, the app is actually raising uh, various security concerns right yeah so, the security concerns are a real problem it's not some made up conspiracy theory it's it is harvesting data and it's not like your usual data harvesting which we all know google and facebook does that is there but this is to a much more uh, a deeper extent like uh, i'll link the sources below so you can go check it out yourself a man who reverse engineered the tiktok uh, software found it harvest your data to a very high extent. Uh, even your uh, even from those apps which you deleted and all that stuff. So it raises a very severe uh, privacy concern. But so does Zoom, and like we have not explicitly banned Zoom. So uh, privacy concerns are real. Uh, but I think we can explore beyond that uh, how uh, how TikTok has helped the em- emergence of influencers from different social strata. Uh, so I think Sean will be better suited to analyze that aspect of TikTok uh, in like how it has helped uh, cultivate a new generation of influencers. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh... Based on my research, so as we know, TikTok is a Chinese-based company. Okay. And uh, while doing my research, I found uh, uh, this law. I found this Chinese intelligence law. Uh, this law basically has that uh, Chinese companies have to sell their information to the government because like, they are mandated. The Article 7 of this Law mandates the obligation of Chinese citizens to support national intelligence work, and Article 14 uh, uh, calls for the cooperation of uh, the organizations and companies registered within China. Right. So uh, these companies need to uh, give away their uh, data if mm. if the government demands. And as we know, uh, uh, in the current context, we have the uh, ongoing ag- aggression going on the Galwan Valley. Yeah. And I feel like this is actually a state of tension because like our data can be misused by these mm-hmm. companies. Even though mm-hmm. these companies claim that they don't uh, in, indulge in any of these activities and even TikTok is planning to 
shift its uh, headquarters from china and what the other aspect that i want to focus is the china's ec- economic expansion right so on one side uh, we can see how uh, in the south china sea it is occupying its spaces and it's invading in many of the japanese and uh, uh, philippine uh, philippine islands hmm. uh, and uh, also what uh, china do is actually uh, it uh, it actually uh, makes you dependent so that is called product dependency so china sells uh, uh, goods in cheap rates and then after that makes you dependent so even in india we prefer chinese goods right. as it's very cheap due to the uh, low cost manufacturing technique of china and another right. major uh, area of china is debt trap in which it invests in different countries mm-hmm. uh, for uh, projects and uh, when the countries are not able to uh, to return back the loan mm-hmm. it actually uh, you know in a way uh, invades the spaces right. and the financial uh, spaces financial spaces and mm. around the world now if we look north africa countries like sri lanka are under the control of china mm. so many of the development projects they have funded and now so this debt trap is a major concept yeah so if we want to counter uh, china i think uh, the app uh, ban on one side uh, i think it it is actually a very good way because Message. it's going to have a tremendous impact right 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 and like china was uh, starting to flex its digital muscle power even more with the 5g uh, like patenting of huawei and all that stuff going on in the yeah, back, even, backdrop uh, australia uh, banned it actually yeah yeah is yeah, not supporting it due to so, the security concerns yeah so there are valid reasons uh, for which the app has been banned so i think it's important for the content creators on whatever platforms to diversify because the follow followers on any platform or any one platform are not entirely like your followers if that uh, platform disappears in one day say you're a youtuber and youtube disappears tomorrow uh, it's almost impossible to migrate all that audience to another platform unless you diversify so that's one thing uh, we have learned from this uh, sort of app banning and all this digital walls being raised higher due to the geopolitical uh, tensions it is that it, uh, it's very important to diversify at least a emailing list it's it's at some sort of a connection with your audience is very necessary for you to uh, be able to survive in the long longer run so um right. so i i think uh, even the privacy issues uh, stem a little further because of the uh, i don't know is there an age restriction for tiktok like what is the age rest- i'm not like used it used it at all so uh, i yeah. don't i'm so not exactly sure when i checked it i found that the age the minimum age is 16 but we all know because like we we have yeah. been we've used face uh, we have logged into facebook before we were 18 and like 14 and all like yeah. we have done so people can get into tiktok hmm. and uh, what we need to see is what is the impact of the ban placed by the government so and uh, let's see what what will happen to the 
to the influencers actually hmm. because they are actually making a lot of money uh, and on one side now that is on uh, the whole thing is on standstill and hmm. the company is earning and the app has 600 million downloads yeah 600 and so i feel like it's it's going to have a impact on the content creation and now instagram hmm. is out with this new Real. feature yeah yeah real it's actually yeah. quite annoying yeah still, irritating yeah. yeah people people who have talent can use it yeah yeah speaking about talent like um i don't like to judge but uh, is it could we call it talent if we there is a market for it it's okay people consume it so there is market value but can we call it talent if they are just lip syncing to 15 seconds of bollywood like uh and people who are like honestly doing say a dance class or say magic tricks or something that that they can obviously diversify to other platforms the people who are who were trapped are the people who were using these like sort of uh dub smash and all that stuff so like uh could we call that talent is that snobbish not call it talent Yes, that's a big question. And uh, Manu, what do you want to say about the TikTok algorithm? Yeah. Uh, that is another reason why simply asking the TikTok influencers to migrate is just dumb. Because there's no other platform like TikTok. There's no other platform that has the same algorithm as TikTok. TikTok is in some ways like TV. Like when you change the channel, you don't know what's on the other channel. Like unless you go through the menu and all such stuff. so it's like a uh, tv like the way in which the explore page works in tiktok is unique like i've not used it myself but i've seen the screenshot and the uh, algorithm of how it works so that is unique to tiktok and uh, you can't just say to a person who has been making tiktok for their entire career to just migrate to another platform it's not that easy like i can i get where they're coming from but it's not that easy it's more than the uh, changing your phone from this to this like it's more than that uh, there there are more difficulties uh, regarding the migration but uh, i think it was a fair decision on the government side to ban a, a app which was facing such scrutiny and it moreover it's a bold political move i don't know how it will end with this uh, censorship and politics entering into you know geopolitics entering into the uh, digital, digital and tech space because we have cyber laws we have banned apps but due to international relations this is almost the first time that uh, uh, this 60 app bans on such a large scale that has occurred for the first time to my knowledge so i think uh, that that's on the one side but we'd like to discuss the other side as well because this app ban is sort of like uh, scapegoating people i think sean will be better to analyze this scapegoat theory so from the ancient ages that's what been the government's been doing so scapegoat theory is actually blaming someone uh for 
so basically you are trying to uh, change the attention deflect when something is uh, something is happening hmm. so you call like uh, you actually blame uh, so i see the christian uh, community blaming the jews the uh, there's a uh, different communities blaming each other mm-hmm. so this is actually a form of a you know like uh, it's it's a circle mm. so that's how we create disharmony and hatred and uh, politicians use this very systematically yeah so uh, what we know is that our country is actually on one side going through the worst economic crisis and followed yeah. by that at the same time we uh, uh, the, the pandemic had a tremendous impact Hmm. and this is actually a uh, questioning of our public health system and uh, various sections and this is actually a time where you can divert uh, the attention and also for china at, at the same time yeah. Ch- china has They're been facing. criticized around the world for the origin of this virus hmm. so both of these people have a great opportunity this is actually a great opportunity the galvan aggression is actually a op- uh, is a yeah. opportunity where they can divert this whole attention hmm. so that that, uh, that is my understanding of this whole thing yeah and it's not yeah. the first time that we've done it like we've been blaming pakistan for yeah like eternity now uh, for like yeah there are actually uh, quite uh, some professors also in the universities and all like you know hmm. they tend to sell an idea a narrative yeah. what yeah, is education right. for it's for exploration of ideas but like you've been taught a narrative mm-hmm. so that so, is the thing and also uh, manu i think we need to discuss about the uh, security concerns with the apk files because many people are downloading the apk files so what do you think yeah, about that i'm not saying every apk file will have a malware but there's a high probability that your apk file has a malware in general whenever you are downloading an apk file should that mean that there should be no apk files on the internet no obviously no like there is malware associated with the apk files so in case you are thinking of downloading the apk files just uh, be wary of that because uh, because it's not uh, it has not passed any safety regulations it's like eating street food is it is it uh, bad for you not necessarily always but there is a high probability that uh, you're you're eating something that has been left in the open for a while or has not uh, met the safety standards so it is like eating street food in many ways so uh, there's that uh, associated with the apk files so people always people are smart so people always find ways to bypass the regulations uh and this censorship is not a blanket one it's not in, uh, in like applied in the same way that uh, the censorship on google and all the other platforms have been applied in china it's not that kind of a ban so you can bypass it but is it worth it just it's it's uh, it's useful to think if it's worth it bypassing that ban because they've banned it for a reason uh, i'll i'd like to uh, now shift the conversation to this whole youtube versus tiktok thing because no. yeah uh, i think i think i'll let sean start with it and like I, i've been following it closely for quite some time 
but I I don't think Sean has it. So I would like to see the outsider's perspective to what uh, what it is. So yeah, we all know that the YouTube TikTok war that started during lockdown. On hmm. one side, we don't have any work to do, and yeah. we have a we have this content creation platform. Hmm. So uh, so while uh, when we take the whole India, we have this famous YouTuber called Cariminity uh, yeah. with his famous content and followers. So hmm. he started the uh, roasting industry inspired by PewDiePie, and it actually went. It, it actually uh, became so trending in India and in Kerala. Another dude named Arju started the same thing. So uh, the TikTok videos. So I don't think all TikTok videos are bad, but there are actually contents uh, that are you know kind of like disturbing. So they started uh, the. So that's how reaction video came into the spotlight. And In I India. personally feel that uh, the people who make reaction videos, uh, I don't think they have any creativity. They are basically commenting on someone. It is very easy to comment at someone's artwork, yeah. uh, at someone's creativity. But if you want to do something, it's so I, I find this as a you know from a it's it's more of a like a judgment of us uh, of a person. And what happened is when you look look at this whole thing. So there are actually a lot of people who hate TikTok, and they became the uh, founders of the reaction video industry. So that's how the YouTube. So this led to an industry. Uh, a famous industry reaction became famous and now people are doing it so uh, this is the whole thing what i feel about youtube versus tiktok and even i was actually a avid uh, i was actually a follower of these uh, people and after a point of time i understood okay these people are actually we have some negative energy inside us and their reaction videos are in a way, helping us to take that negative energy outside of us, and that's my whole idea about this thing. Right. So now I'll give you my perspective versus this. Right. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to address something that um, Sean said in between. Uh, is reaction, uh, is reaction content? Yes, of course it is. Whatever sells is content whatever people like to see is content uh, like reaction would not have survived if uh, like people weren't there to see it like there's a reason this industry survived but is it is it talent to react to someone um i don't know uh, if your reactions are worth seeing or listening to then maybe but Still not as talented as a person like who a made uncles, it. So. Actually, the uncles and the aunties we have in homes, the relatives like, yeah. who like to bitch about you. Yeah. So, um, so that's a different topic. Like, whenever yeah. I, and it's also uh, one thing I find interesting is how it takes advantage of our need for, um, like our need for validation from foreigners. Like there's this famous channel. Uh, most of you must be knowing. It's called JB Koe. Uh, they pounce upon whatever Indian content like hits the market, and they're up to like I don't know 1.7 million subscribers. 
that is basically running based on need for validation from foreigners which is okay but people need to be aware of that their reactions need not be completely honest uh, it's it's just like if they react like this is the most amazing thing i've seen till date they get views they get likes they get uh, popularity so that's basically what they will do so you need to understand that um, i'm not i'm not saying they shouldn't do it of course they should do it if there's a market for it go for it uh, so i'm just saying that reaction videos are not the same as you know content that they react to uh, leaving that aside uh, i think this whole youtube versus tiktok thing see whatever your opinion of tiktok is i don't care what your opinion of tiktok is i have my own opinions it does not give you a passport or, or a free pass to just go on and like bully people online i mean it's okay if you have uh, there's a difference between criticism and cyberbullying uh, and most people i don't think are aware of it like being a fan of kadi minati or being someone who hates tiktok i hate tiktok i don't like tiktok but that doesn't mean i go to some tiktokers like uh, comment section and like i may not like the content but uh, that does not mean they they almost deserve the abuse they deserve hmm. so what we understand is that uh, as we already mentioned the scapegoat theory so what india and china is doing is it's actually uh, very strategically applying this theory and mm. taking our attention from the real problems and mm. making us hate china so that is something uh, what we can uh, see and you have campaigns like ban chinese goods and uh, this now the app ban is there right. so it's all a diversion from the real problems like economic uh, uh, concerns of our country uh hong kong yeah. apparently has a new law <laughs> in which we like if if we put out content like this we are uh vulnerable to attack i mean not attack uh arrest uh, if we yeah. land in hong kong so you won't see me roaming around in hong kong any time soon and i don't think <laughs> you'll see sean as well so uh we'll wind it up here it's it's been a short session i know but uh i think it's a it's one that needed to needed to be addressed right uh so i think we'll wind it up here thank you so much for tuning in and okay. i'll see you next week okay bye guys